You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. This is Behind the Stripes. Thank you for joining us as we take an honest look at the men and women we call officials, the professionals who make it possible for us to enjoy the games we love. They are the authority on the field, on the courts, on the diamonds, and on the ice. Behind the Stripes is here to support our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Now, let's join our host, Keith Myers, and his guest for today's show. Well, welcome back to Week 10, Indiana SRN. It's Behind the Stripes with Keith Myers and Brenda Hilton. Brenda, you can catch Brenda at brendaofficiallyhuman.com. My email address is coach at Indiana SRN. Follow us on Twitter. We pick up from where we were last week. Uh, last week we had a great guest, Ralph. And, you know, if you want to go back to Week 9 to catch up, we uh, encourage you to do that. But, Brenda, I'm looking forward to part two uh, with Ralph because I tell you what, the guy is full of information. Yeah, I agree. And, Ralph, thank you so much for coming on again. We we talked about it a little bit on after we got done with that podcast and thought, wow, let's let's see if we can bring him back for week 10. So, Ralph, thank you much. Thank you so much for coming back with us again. No problem. Any Anytime. You guys are a friend of me. So anytime that you guys need anything, I would, I'll come on every time you want. So well, just keep this going. Then Ralph, you can That's write great. that check for five hundred dollars a piece, <laughs> and we'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Ralph, just kind of picking up on from last week, we talked a little bit about the state of New York and how things are slowly getting back um, to playing. Do you? How do you perceive? Or yeah, look into your glass lens. Um, when when we start to go back to indoor sports, what's it going to look like? Uh, okay, so to, to answer your first question, um, you know, we talked about this last week off air about how the pandemic was perceived in New York, uh, the tri-state area in the beginning. In the Northeast, we were the first people to really get hit hard. And I don't know what it was like in Illinois or Indiana, but I'm pretty sure that you were like, wow, New York is really getting hit hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God forbid that that, that goes in. And I just remember those first two, I was kind of at a loss. I was at a breaking point because how could I make referee rant when refing doesn't exist the way I know it? And I was thinking at the time, my baseball schedule was getting cut. My lacrosse schedule was getting cut. I just got certified for girls lacrosse. So I just was kind of at a loss. And I, and I knew that we weren't going to ref anytime soon. Unfortunately, I read a book called Pale Rider. And it was basically about the 1918 Spanish flu um, epidemic. And um, once I read that and I was watching TV simultaneously, I started to realize that we were literally doing the same thing. People were treating it the same way across the country. And I think after that, it kind of gave me pause because the way it got back to normal, it took about two and a half years, almost two years for everything to get back to normal. So I started thinking about that with my daily life of refereeing. And I was thinking to myself, I don't know if it's going to be safe to be indoors for 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 the foreseeable future and i know people have already started and people have tried to take precautions but like i said for me at least in new york state i still haven't seen like a a solid plan of how we're going to move forward and i guess to answer your questions testing has to get ramped up there has to be temperature checks at the door there has to be people that you know at least contact tracing is something that's important uh so i think if they limit 
the fans. I think if they socially distance the benches, I think um, if people haven't been exposed to anything within the past 14 days, all of those things have to kind of be in the bylaws for me, for me mm -hmm. to be safe. Um, if I don't see that, I don't think I feel comfortable with officiating. And also at the same time, I think people are banking on when this is going to be over and they're so quick to, to start this up. I know that if officiating and, and, and sports in general are important, uh, but at the same time, I think safety is more important. So, you know, when you think about, oh, my kid is not playing and, and he's used to playing sports, but I mean, it's, it's, I'd rather be safe. I'd rather not be dead than officiate. You know, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't compromise those things, but you know, to answer your question to me, there has to be a real strategy in the places and the facilities that I go to for me to feel comfortable in officiating. And I think also, I think all of us have to kind of like be okay with it continuously happening. Right. So if, if it's normalized that somebody gets tested positive, like how do we move forward? Do we shut the whole thing down or we just go, we're going to keep it moving. So that's like, like I said, once I, I have a concrete plan, I think that's when it'll open up. But my prediction, um, I'm not sure if the college um, seasons go on. I know the NBA is doing a really good job. I know last week they started in the bubble. They uh, even announced last week that they had zero cases, but that's all like an insulated situation. If there's people coming from all over the place and they have been exposed to other people that aren't associated with sports, like, I don't know how that's going to work. So it's either has to get normalized or it has to be a situation where there's massive testing and, and massive precautions in every single facility. You, uh, you know, you talk a little bit about that. Indiana uh, last week announced what they're going to do volleyball rules wise to change the game a little bit. Uh, the officials are no longer going to be having captain's meetings. They will have the two coaches come at center court. They'll be six feet apart. They'll have a, they won't have a coin toss. The visiting team will get the first serve and you won't switch sides until game five, if necessary. And substitutions now, you, you have to get to the 10-foot substitution line, but you stand six foot apart. You don't have to hold hands, smack hands, or whatever you what you used to do. Uh, and I think they're going to eliminate the fans. And uh, I don't know what you if you know this, Ralph, but what we do is we broadcast high school sports uh, throughout central Indiana. So our business mm -hmm. is picked up because if that fan base is not there, they're going to be watching it on web TV. And then as a as – a, um, a person that does that as broadcasters, we have to be very safe in how we're going to broadcast that game as well. So there are some changes and some weird stuff going on in Indiana just because they want the sports to, to start up, and but they want to make it safe, and I think it's everybody's responsibility to make that safe. Right. So um, just to piggyback of what you're saying, in terms of New York State, I know they mandated the rule initially last week. They had preliminary discussions that a sport like, for me, volleyball, I think they wanted to push it all the way back to being a spring sport, which would be March. So to me, that would have been a conundrum for me because um, if I was going to be coaching in mid-March, that really cuts into my baseball and lacrosse season. And, you know, to be honest with you, my priority always will be um, coaching those girls that I always coach for, for 21 seasons. Um, so that's an easy decision for me, but then things have changed rapidly where um, they said they're going to start September 21st. But the thing is, um, I, I had a, a Catholic school, so they were saying that um, we don't really have to follow those mandates. But at the same time, I don't even know if school's going to open there. So I, I, I remember in the beginning, I was talking to one of my volleyball official friends, and he was like, oh, volleyball is great because it's the most socially distanced uh, sport there is. But at the same time, if there's no school, then there's going to be no volleyball. And to me, 
everything, at least in New York State, everything is up in the air because everything can turn on a dime. You know, once it starts spiking up, I don't know. What, what are they going to do? They're going to push it back even more. So, you know, to me, this is the most um, uncertainty I've ever felt. Like somebody asked me, where do I see myself in like a year or five years? I don't even know what's going to be happening in two weeks. <laughs> exactly you know, right. all I knew is last week I was going to be on episode 10 and that's, that's as far as I'm going with my There you family. go. Well, there you go. <laughs> We're glad you're on episode 10. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, um, the book that you read, Tale Writer, it's interesting how history really does repeat itself. And um, all, the good in all of this, um, this pandemic, is to take, we've all had to take a step back and mm -hmm. just kind of reevaluate ourselves and our family units. And, and hopefully people will come out on the other side of this realizing that, wow, you know, I really did miss sports and I'm going to be a, a kinder, gentler soul when I go to these games. Um, that's, that's what, you know, people like you and I are, are, are thinking and hoping as it, it, we come out on the other side that, Hey, you know what, maybe we just should be a little bit nicer because we really miss this stuff. You know, you say, oh, yeah. you, you know, you say that Brenda, but I will tell you this, that, uh, you, you know, after we get back to n the new normal, I think we still have to educate our fans. We have to educate our coaches that uh, we uh, the officiating aspect of the game is necessary because if you missed it during the pandemic, what's going to happen if they don't have any officials? So you got to mm -hmm. you got to continue to educate people because we take things for granted too much. Uh, and we and I think sometimes we take it granted that that guy or that girl in a black and white striped suit is going to come and officiate the game. One of these days, there's not going to be officiating, and then what are we going to do? Right. Well, you know, Ralph, I'd love to hear your take on this too, um, because you know, fifty percent of our officials from from our survey are over the age of fifty five. Well, you're you're starting to creep into kind of the vulnerable age group. Mm -hmm. um, what happens if you know, thirty percent of them don't come back. Then our then our shortage crisis is real, correct? Oh, the, then the shortage is definitely real. And I, I, you know, you think about the connectedness of what you guys were speaking on, right? So if there's no sports, then there's no officiating, right? If there's no officiating, there's going to be no revenue. So everything kind of trickles down, um, all the way from the lowest person in the totem pole to the to the president of a of a corporation. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of that shortage, I think that's why it's important. And you think about. Uh, an official, an official is is somebody when they ref a game. Um, if you want to be one of the top officials, if you want to be considered an elite official, you have to do so many habits outside of officiating for you to make the elite. So you think about when you're reading the rules, when you think about plays that have happened over the course of the game. You're talking to have your officiating buddies. All of those different things. You're not necessarily officiating, but you're doing things towards officiating. So that way, the product is better when you are performing. Think about it uh, if you're in orchestra or a band or in chorus. You think about all of those hours beforehand just so you can get right for that holiday concert, right? So mm -hmm. you see the end product. You only see those six minutes that you're performing, but all the while you've been practicing for four months. So that's an important time. And I try to shift focus during this pandemic that it's just an extended period of practicing outside of officiating. You can still get better. Now, what I wanted to connect that to is that you know, somebody like and officially human, I think it's important to gain those awareness for people that are younger and to show that there's a path and have an honest conversation that, you know, if you are, are so disappointed in officiating that you see people that are a little bit over the hill in, in, in their regard, 
that's when you should start stepping in because I always implore people, uh, you have to try to officiate in order for you to, to start criticizing it. It's very right. difficult to, you know, somebody will tell me, um, you got to do this with your podcast, you got to do with that. I would listen to you if you had a podcast, but if you don't have a podcast, <laughs> it's really hard for me to relate to you. So I think it's the same thing with rapping. You yep. should have called this, you should have called that, but like, okay, how about you put on the, the stripes and tell me what you see because you know, it's a lot harder than what it looks. And it so, is. I hope that answers your question. That's good. Good. And it is halftime. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this. You're listening to Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN. Again, if you'd like to get a hold of Brenda, you can contact her at officiallyhuman.com. Coach at indianasrn.org. Follow us on Twitter at indianasrn. We'll be back after this timeout. It's halftime at the Behind the Stripes podcast, powered by Indiana SRN, underwritten by the IHSAA and the Indiana Officials Association. If you would like to be a part of our sponsorship, please contact us at info at indianasrn.org. We want to hear from you. Contact Keith Myers at coach at indianasrn.org or Brenda at brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Now let's join Keith for the second half of Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on indianasrn.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports along with youth sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports. Becoming a licensed sports official is a great way to make a positive difference in the community and support the over 160,000 Indiana student-athletes that participate across 21 IHSAA sports. Sports officiating allows you to stay connected to the game, become a role model for our young student-athletes, earn extra money, and support the patrons and communities of our IHSAA member schools. To learn more about becoming a licensed IHSAA official, log on to IHSAA.org slash officials today. Back on the second half of Behind the Stripes on Indiana SRN, Keith Myers with you and Brenda. Uh, Brenda, uh, Indiana seems like uh, the door is opening a little bit more with high school sports. Uh, Football now has reached their fourth week of practice uh, as of now, uh, volleyball has had three weeks of practice. It looks like games may be ready to go August 21st for the first competition. But uh, fingers crossed, and, and I hope we can get things done. And I know Illinois is a little bit slower, and New York City seems like they're a little bit slower too. But uh, Indiana's doing a little bit safe, and uh, see what happens. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see how the next couple weeks kind of play out here in all of these states. I think South Dakota is also open, but um, on as far as New York, Ralph, are there other neighboring states that are open right now? I don't even know because we are so in, engrossed with what's happening here because there's yeah. such a lack of understanding of, because uh, everything is so fluid and that's why I don't really have anything etched in stone because, you know, like I told you in the previous segment of how they first told me that volleyball was going to start March 21st and they told me that it was going to start on September 21st. So 
I mean, it's anybody's guess. And I, I kind of think that there's an impending spike only because I just see the history of these pandemics. It's only a matter of time. Um, so I, I'm really not too sure. Um, I just know in terms of Indiana and Illinois as a whole, it's not as populated as New York City. Everything yeah. is so dense here. So I, I, I don't know what the path is for us, except for just thinking that it's a fluid situation. But I do hope. I do hope because, you know, um, this is something that I did want to mention. You know, I think about last season and my volleyball team, we had the pleasure to win the uh, league championship. We lost in the state title. But I think about I can't believe that some of these kids that are on my volleyball team, they ha they're on lacrosse teams, they're on basketball teams. Luckily, basketball was able to finish. But a lot of the girls, I feel for them because they were basically robbed of their senior year yes. of graduating yes. and they were robbed of, of their lacrosse, their spring season. Yes. So, you know, I, as much as I want people to feel safe, I also think that, you know, I had my senior year. So I don't know what it was like, you know, for, for somebody to get not have a senior year, it's going to be memorable in a different way. So I think that's also something for, I guess, just social intelligence and just the development of a of a high school student to, to have those, you know, rite of passages, to have those experiences. And, you know, I just feel for them. I do. Yeah. Ralph, Ralph, yeah. I have a question real quick, and I'd like you to put your official cap on uh, sure. a, a mask as an official, like a clear mask with an official, the electronic whistle, those type of things that uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're talking about doing in the state of Indiana uh, and maybe limiting the fans to, uh, to maybe 250 spread out, all those things. As an official, do you go into the game, your pregame, is it a little bit different now? Uh, do you talk to your buddies? How do you handle certain situations? Because the game is going to look a little bit different that way. Right. So, um, in fact, I, I know that there was a college meeting about different uh, techniques of what they were going to do, at least on the basketball side of the use of electronic whistles, you know, different keeping when somebody reports to the table. Now they might have to go opposite the table. So there's those precautionary measures. But at the same time, you know, when you officiate, you it, it's one of those things that sometimes you're only going to learn by seeing it, by having empirical evidence. So I think since so, so many people. And, and you think about uh, a recreational game, AAU game versus a high school game versus a college game. Those are three different aspects of sport, right. and they get officiated differently. When you are doing a college game or a high school game, you're a lot more prim and proper. You're mm -hmm. a lot more robotic. You're a lot more, you know, your posture is a lot different. So I think because we don't have experience doing through that, there's going to be a, a period of, of trial and error of trying to understand what's going. But, you know, I think, when people take it serious and they're, they're at the highest levels of high school and college, I think it'll be an easy transition once we get used to it. But, you know, at the same time, there is going to be a period where um, there's going to be a lot of confusion. But at the same time, I think everyone is just so happy and not taking for granted that they have the ability to come on the court. Because I think what we've all learned in this pause is that we have to appreciate the little things because you realize that when you have no control and everyone has no control of the same thing, uh, it's such a sobering feeling to know that you know, you, you don't have as much control as you think. So I think everyone would just be so happy to be on the court in the field. Great statement. Yeah. Hey, one of the things that um, we've, uh, we've heard quite a bit over the, the last nine weeks is the lack of mentorship in, in officiating. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think this is, there's a window of opportunity here for <clears throat> those that maybe are a little less comfortable getting back on the courts, but, you know, because of, uh, broadcasts like Indiana uh, SRN and so many more games being streamed. Is there 
is there an opportunity for some of those officials to become mentors to so many of yeah. these young kids? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think also um, there comes a point in the time where you're long in the tooth. And I, you know, I always said to myself, when I'm not effective on the court, I want to have at least a lasting impression that I can still transition myself of uh, being effective as a mentor uh, when, when I'm not effective on the court. And I think a lot of people have really come to that, come to Jesus moment in this pandemic because, you know, if somebody's at high risk and they still want to be involved again, that's a perfect opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think at least in New York state, I, I can't account for any other state. I, I know in the city, when it comes to basketball, there's so many great officials just in this pocket area that I think we all pull each other there. And I think during the pandemic, you realize how many people are teachers and how many big inputs there are that they do want to get involved in the game. So I think this is obviously a perfect opportunity um, to get those type of people um, as long as they think of it. And I think that goes back to the officiating as a whole. I think that, you know, some people just aren't aware of the benefits of officiating. And sometimes people can't look past of not being on the court. But sometimes, like to me, um, and I had this conversation early on. Somebody told me that referee rant might be bigger than officiating and that one day I would have to decide if I want to continue making referee rant and I might have to preempt my ambitions of being a Division One women's college official and then just start focusing on referee rant. And, you know, I took that. I didn't know how I took that at the moment, but now I realize as I'm getting further in it, you know, sometimes I got I feel like I might have to sacrifice my career, my own personal ambitions for the greater good of the officiating community. So I think that's always something to think about in terms of teaching because, you know, that might be more important because, like I said, the the awareness, there's a disconnect between the awareness of the benefits of officiating and how many people really know that because of the perception of officiating as a whole in the sporting industry. You know, you talked about about, uh, leaving the game, uh, making an impact. I think when I started officiating, someone told me after I got done with my first game, I made an impact of the game, I should just retire. Uh, so I, I understand that, but making a dent, but, you know, looking back at my career of, as officiating, it's helped me with this career now, along with Brenda and the things that we do at Indiana SRN, you just stay, stay in, involved in the game. I think the most important thing is as an official, don't lead the game, help the game and find some way you can make an impact uh, of, of of to keep the game as fun as when you were officiating it. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I think that's one of those things. Like I said, sometimes officiating is very tough because it's a it's a it's a lonely pursuit. It's an individualistic pursuit. You know, it's not it's something that we all are trying to aspire to, uh, fellow referees. But at the same time, you're kind of on your own. You have to figure out your own assignments. You have to figure out where you fit in within the parameters and and the hierarchy of other officials. And, you know, when you go to these high-level camps of officiating and trying to get to the next level, you're basically competing for the same spot, but that same, that camaraderie yes. uh, and that connectedness. So, like, to me, it's also a paradoxical feeling because you're competing with your peers, and they are your peers, and the camaraderie exists, but at the same time, it, it is a job. But, you know, for me, I'm happy that I have been able to pick – I guess take take my advocation and then sublimate it into my other passion of writing and creating content that I've been able to at least segue into a different thing where now I feel like I'm kind of like a satellite. No one else can really do what I do in its totality. So I feel a lot more comfortable than that. Now, if I was just an official, I don't know how I would feel. But at the same time, you know, for me, 
the things that I'm trying to do, I'm doing it for the greater good of the officiating community, and I'm trying to make beautiful art out of it. Brenda, we have well, about five minutes if you want to wrap things up a little bit. And then uh, last question, I'll do the uh, closing when you get done. Sure. Okay. So, Ralph, as, as you and I have talked over you know, the, the last several months and you have talked to so many people out in, in the industry, how do you think that we start to address fan, fan behavior? Um, well, I think, first of all, is acknowledging that that's going to happen. And also, I think that um, you have to realize what type of personality you are, right? So if you're a combative person, you might have to do different techniques of, as opposed to somebody that's more of an open-minded person. So for me, um, luckily, when I told you when I first started with flag football, you got to remember, I did flag football and softball. I did adults that were drinking beer. So it was already an adversarial thing from the start. And I remember doing my first like kids game or high school game. I said, wow, this is completely tame. So I was coming from a different prism of thinking like, oh, this is not nearly as bad. So like when a, when a, when, when a, uh, a parent in the, in the stands were yelling at me, I was like, this is way funnier than what I'm used to. What I'm used to is them getting in my face. And that's yeah. just a different, different thing. So I think what we need to do is kind of like, Maybe have, I don't know if it's a survey, but just more so like a like a, a thing of where we have to think about the attributes of somebody's personality and their experience with officiating it. Yeah. Not everyone has the same path. Like some people, you know, I have one of my good friends who's a Division II uh, official out here on the men's side for college basketball. I would never do an adult league game with him because he doesn't have the temperament to handle adults. But then on the flip side, I have people that are, you know, adult league kings and they get into a school game, they can't handle the, the rigidness, the, the controlled environment. They like it more loose and that, that you can speak. So I think we have to identify what's the best way we can play. So I, I think there should be like a placement system for officials mm -hmm. because not everyone's okay. going to be, you know, a, a, an NBA official. Some officials okay. are just going to be doing rec games in, in a church. So I think once they identify that and they're re being real and honest with themselves based on, you know, their age, their temperament, I think we can have a better retention rate for officials as opposed to just lumping them all in as the same. Because not I, everyone is the same. And I think yeah. once you've done that, and it, if you know that, be the best official that you are. Don't try Absolutely. to be someone you're not. A, a long time ago, I've learned that. This is who I am. And, and coaches recognize that very much. You know, when you walk on the floor and they see you, they're going to say, okay, here's what we can do. Here's what we can't do. This is how, mm. how strong you can go with him. And this is when, you know, this is his magic word. Uh, I mean, I love what Brenda does with Tim with the, the behind the stripes because they make the official, pardon the pun, human. And that's mm. that's the whole important thing about this, and that's why we did this show. It started this show uh, to m m people be aware that officials are human and uh, uh, treat them mm. like that, because uh, we don't bother you at McDonald's when you're, you know, tossing your fur tries. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Really, really quick story before before we wrap this up. I, I just remember one day some guy he caught me on the wrong day and he was like oh you're the worst ref and i i, I stopped it because he was on the free throw line i called a foul for him and he was still yelling at me i said where do you work where do you work he's like why do you want to know where you work i said because i'm going to say exactly what you just said to me at your job at your job <laughs> and then, oh why are you getting so serious i'm like oh so now i'm getting serious i just mirrored his behavior and then 
you know, I think it was just a lack of understanding what they were doing because they think that that behavior is acceptable. So sometimes I think you have to go outside the box and you have to use your interpersonal skills to let them understand where you're coming from. So once I started acting like him and mirroring his behavior, I mean, we've been best friends ever since. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, for sure. Okay, Ralph, you were on week nine, you're on week 10. You can't come back to week 11, but uh, we're going to get you back on, I promise you, before uh, this thing all wraps up. Oh, man. I Listen, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I was telling Brenda before, I'm not used to being uh, interviewed. I'm so used to being the host and all of the things that that carries. So, you know, I'm really honored that I was on the podcast twice. And, you know, I want to thank both of you guys for just raising awareness to the officiating community. And I wish you and your family um, just safe and just do everything we need to do so we can get past this. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ralph. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Brenda, see you next week. All right. Thank you. Don't forget to join us next week. And of course, if you want to catch Brenda, uh, you can contact her at Brenda at officiallyhuman.com. She's got a lot of sportsmanship banners that you might be aware of. So check that out if you're a club uh, person. And if you want to get a hold of me, coach at indianasrn.org or follow us on Twitter at indianasrn. Until next week, goodbye, everybody. to Behind the Stripes, a show that supports our officials, athletic directors, coaches, players, and fans by bringing attention to good sportsmanship, strong leadership, selfless teamwork, and respect for others on and off the playing field. Thank you for listening to Behind the Stripes, powered by Indiana SRN. Do you want to hear your favorite team on indianasrn.org? It's easy to do. Calling all the play-by-play and colored commentary. High school sports, along with U Sport, Mr. Wizard is waiting for your call. Contact him at 317-443-0052. We're ready for every touchdown, basket, and goal. Contact Mr. Wizard, 317-443-0052. You're listening to Indiana SRN, God's Word 24-7, and sports.